The following content contains coarse language, adult references, and very strong views of opinion. So if you're easily offended by any of the above, we ask you to kindly fuck off. Hey, come on now. It's on the sermon's frowns upside down. Devin and Jesse here to give you the news. So there's no excuse to be blue. Alright, wonderful people, here we are, episode 9 of the DNT Podcast. I am Gavin. I am Jesse. we got a guest today. We do. That's right. People, sorry not people, Jurassic Park staff were calling for this guy and we're putting Velociraptors in the cage. Do you get the joke? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not, it's not Sid Parker. It's not Sid Parker. what people are thinking. Damn. I thought you were to say that joke for Sid Parker. What is the joke? <laughs> Well, we got Josh Shooter. How are you, mate? Good, man. Good. Yeah. Puzzled, even. Puzzled. All right. So at the start of Jurassic Park, when they're putting the Velociraptors in the cage, right? You got the hunter going, Shooter! They were calling for you, mate. They, no. Worst. Worst. <laughs> it's like a dad joke. That's the worst oh. type of joke. I tried. Jesus. Oh, you I'm could sure. have saved a Jurassic Park joke for Sid Parker, the guy <laughs> that is Jurassic Parker. Man, how did I get dragged here anyway? I don't know. Where am I? I'm like... I'm in the CBD. I'm on like 24 stories above ground level. <laughs> sort of thing. In like the Bond. It feels like a Bond's villain apartment that I'd be in. It right? really does, doesn't it? It's like the st- welcome to the studio apartment. No, welcome to like the Bond villain, villain, <laughs> villain apartment where there's like a freaking shark with a fris- freaking laser beam on its freaking head <laughs> to the left of me anyway. Oh, we oh. only wish. Outstanding view. Oh, anyway. But uh, here good. we are. Here Just we are. bantering, shooting shit. Uh, something shooting like that in shit it? with shooter. Yeah, shooting shit shooting with shooter. Shit there we go. Shooter. Yes. Never heard that. No. Nah. Well, let's get let's get kicked <laughs> off actually. Um, well, first of all, we want to know where did Josh Shooter start as a wrestler? What what actually made you want to start as a wrestler? Okay, so it's a bit like the Q and A in this topic and everything else, but yeah, I'll try and spice it up so there's some variation. So if someone's heard ten other podcasts before where I've been featured, it's yeah. a bit different anyway. But um, it, do you mean the name? Or do you mean where did I when did I watch it first? Or well, I guess what was that moment as a kid that you saw it and just went, "I want to give this a go." Oh man, through the video games. Funny enough, like through, okay, people are gonna hate this. You guys are gonna hate this as well because um, I had some family issues and everything else. Long story short, I lived with my dad for a bit. Um, I'd play the video games with the guy I was living with at the time. Anyway, kind of it worked out to be like my stepbrother in the long term. And then like I just loved it. Then I'd go be then I'd be going down to Blockbuster. Checking out the, uh, I remember one of the DVDs, Judgment Day 2009, where it oh, was yeah. Lesnar and Big Show. And then, mm. like, out of nowhere, like, Lesnar just disappears, comes back with a freaking forklift. <laughs> oh, and then that one. That yes. one. And then yes. he hits the F5, and I was like, holy shit, this is wrestling. And from there, you'd think that, like, you know, I love my garbage wrestling, like my death matches and everything else, <laughs> considering I did Big Japan eventually. But yeah. no, we um, I ended up going to, uh, like, oh, I love my RVDs. Um, I love my big shows, my test, my Christians, stuff like that. So around that era, I love that. Um, I think some of the GameCube games were Judgment Day, um, WrestleMania X8, um, shit like that, which uh, turned me into wrestling anyway. Um, mm. I ended up 
being the fat prick that I was, going down to the local fish and chip shop and seeing a poster in the window. <laughs> Terrible poster. I've got to try and find it. Basically, there's like little cutouts of wrestlers. They don't all have the <laughs> same contrast around the poster like it's a border of wrestlers oh, no. and two wrestlers in the center right pro wrestling alpha pro wrestling it was terrible <laughs> but like me being the punter i was saved up 150 dollars as i was a delivery boy for a chemist at the time went down early hoping to get nosebleed seats for 150 dollars like why is it in a community hall <laughs> didn't even click didn't realize right yeah. didn't know what independent wrestling was and then i was there as the ring was still going in. i was like oh that guy's jacked he must be a wrestler Turned out to be Chris Knight and everything else. And okay. I was like, oh, maybe this guy's just helping him with his bags. Carlo Cannon. And I just didn't even click the, like, that Carlo was a wrestler at the time. I clicked Chris was because he was jacked. Mm. Um, and then the promoter's dad was out the front just having a smoke. And I was like trying to lift myself up, look into the window. And then he's like, oh, do you want help with the ring? Like, fuck yes, I do. <laughs> like, why wouldn't I? Go in there, see wrestlers talking together and everything else. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Eventually the ring gets put up promoter says anyone that's not a part of the ring crew please leave i was like oh shaking their hand i was shaking the hand because i was it was a courteous thing not like part of the business thing now yeah it's like oh thanks for letting me come by and everything else he says oh you know how to use laptop ah uh, yeah like bullshitting my way 110 percent right <laughs> i get more bullshitting later on but um i tell him yes i help with the music so i run the music that night oh, right no. um and then he comes up to me at the end of the night how old are you are you at least 16? Uh, yeah. Um, as I'm like 14 and turning 15, right? Oh, oh no. But like I was a large boy for my age. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I said, yes. And he's like, oh, we'll come down to, for a tryout and everything else. I was like, oh, fuck, all right. Did not get in shape. I was not in shape. Never really played sport. I'm untalented as fuck. You know those guys that can't play ba- uh, uh, AFL and they have to bounce the ball as they run? That's me. Yeah, okay. I, I, as fit and athletic as I am, I just can't play sports and it sucks. Mm. Um, so I went down there and the way I got found out is my mum picked me up from training one day in the car and she says, hey, Mike, are you coming down to Josh's birthday? Oh, yeah. When's his 17th birthday? She's like, oh, no, no, no. It's his 15th birthday. She sold you out She there. sold me out. Yeah. I got <laughs> beaten up for out. it, but it was too far. I was too far in. I knew how to bump. I knew how to arm drag and drop kick. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, you can't unteach me these skills now. Like, you can't teach that. Boom. Um, that's so that's it. how it all came into it anyway. And then I just got stuck. And honestly, I sucked ass at it for like the first year. And then I ended up doing a show called GP... No, not GPW. That's still going. GZW. GZW. Ground Zero Wrestling. Oh, yes. And like it's seen in Botchamania. Um, ben Factor was around at the time. Ryan Rollins was there. Bruno won. What, Ozzy Osbourne. Whatever he calls I think himself. I, I think I did see a couple of these because I was watching Ozzy Botchamania last night. Yep. I found a couple of <laughs> Tass is like Alexi yeah. UFC. That's from that. Yeah. I'm in it in like board shorts and a JJ shirt and a Tokyo Kid <laughs> mask. Oh no! Oh Why gosh. did they book me? They're like, Josh, go out there wrestle. I was like, um, no. Here's your mask. Um, okay. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't think I sh- I'm ready to wrestle. They're like, here you go. Here's a mask. I was like, yeah, sure. Worst match ever. Um, the way I got found out is I did it the next night and I was like, you know what? I don't need that mask. I fucking got this. Um, being the egotistical young prick I am, like most kids these days. Yeah. Um, walk out there and then who do I see? Mike Burr. Boom. And I was like, oh God, no. I felt like just kept walking out the venue. <laughs> like there was no guardrails. There was like 20 people there and Mike's eyes are just piercing me the whole oh, time. Jesus. I could not move. It was me and Tass. It was a shit match. And I went for the frog splash because I was the RVD fanboy. And then on the frog splash, I didn't kick my knee out enough and I need Tass on the way down. And oh. he ate shit. But like Mike's eyes and Mike came up to me and I 
blatantly lied, and I'll admit it now. Um, and he's like, so does uh, Manson know that you're here? I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> Did not know. I got severely stretched, and I even cried at training. Like, he beat me up to that point. Hence why I found a new respect for Ma- uh, Mike Burr after that. But, like, yeah. yeah. And now I'm stuck with this. Because um, from there, I was training for another six months. Then I felt like I was show ready. Because after I got beaten up, it was like, boom, all right, reality check. Do I want this or not? I've got to start fucking around. And I just started soaking it up. I started retaining it. And so most people go through training now. You've seen the groups. You yeah. go into a certain company. You're there for three months. You have a match. Like, I was there and I was training for 18 months before I had my first match, or nearly Absolutely. two years. Uh, but for the, the first 12 months, was useless. So, the first year um, after that, like, that's when I was retained enough to have a match. And yeah. still, after that, my first three, four mat, um, years sucked. And I didn't have the ver- uh, variety. I didn't have kids my age to train with. I was m- the youngest guy there. Yeah. And for ages, I was the youngest guy in wrestling. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. But it's just hanging in there and everything else. I mean, Kelly... Um, Roderick, um, not JXT, who else are some other young ones? Uh, Brooksy, to a degree, I mean, uh, were considered the young bunch at some point anyway. That just yeah, needed yeah. the guidance. I mean, Kelly had uh, Broderick and Broderick had um, Carlo to a degree and a few other guys mentor him. Um, and I was lucky where Bird put me under his wing. And it needs to be that mentoring system these days. That's yeah, it. that I agree with. Yeah, like you watch NXT when they did the uh, buddy system ages ago. Like... That in a reality, though. In a reality, yeah. You yeah, need, you, you need, need that buddy system to t- tell you what to and what not to do. But these days, like having a guy like Davis Storm, which is just such a positive and influential person, you don't even need to find a person to be a buddy with. You just need to be such a positive person. You help everyone come up. You hear the drama? I'm unfollowing you on Facebook. I'll block you. You guys seen what I did last night with I, the post? I we actually did. You yeah. worked it out? <laughs> I was I was going to ask off off the air about nah, that. No, nah, no, I'll mention that without dropping the name. But like someone like commented something negative and everything else. No, no, no. I want the business to all come up. Oh, Josh, why are you doing a podcast? Other people are doing podcasts. Because it's still expressing myself in an artistic form, right? Yeah. Um, there's no way that differentiates us. There doesn't have to be a way that makes us different and separate. Of course, it's great if we're talking about different topics and we have different opinions, but that's what keeps us different. That's exactly. Um, I want us all to come up. You're negative? I'm going to block you straight up. In, in the sense of how Kevin Owens is ruthless with blocking people, <laughs> boom, that's my new thing. <laughs> oh, Facebook, yes. real life, um, like sketch, right? So mm. I'll mention this on air as well, like... I love animals, passionately love animals. I think the thing that happened recently with the child falling into the gorilla enclosure... Uh, yeah. I did hear about that, yeah. Bullshit, right? Mm. Stupid. But like they were saying how there's different ways to go about it, people under the pressure, under the moment, yeah. I understand how humans can be at times, right? Shit. But Sketch kept posting about like shooting animals and the thrill of competition in that. I've got friends that are vegan and like I've considered going vegetarian myself for that aspect, but I like to grow my muscles, so it's kind of hard to yeah, eat a lot of soy and uh, bee-based protein all the time. But like you're constantly sharing like animal posts and like ranting and uh, what's the terminology I'm looking for here? Flaunting on how Flaunting, good of a hunter yes. you are. Yeah. Like oh, that's not for me. Like I know there's some other wrestlers that are into it. I'm like, listen, bro, I'll unfollow yeah. you at the very least. That's just not me. I like the positivity. I love life. That's all. That's the way that's I, the way I look at things. It. Yeah, with things. spot on. Yeah, especially because of high school and stuff. You, you kind of retain a lot of friends on Facebook that you don't want to talk to or not, you don't want to see. There's no one from high school I personally speak to anyway. Like I wasn't oh, the most yeah. popular kid in high school. Like I got along with everyone, but I wasn't popular. Still, yeah. there's no one in high school I still speak to these days. And people just find their own path and their own groove in life. I guess that's pretty much what's happened with us. Well, he's the only one that it will. We kind of yeah. The, the guys next door, the only people I still talk to from high school. 
Yeah, no, but it can yeah. be like that where there's just that difference of like you all go your separate ways. Yeah. Some of you want to join you on the journey and some of you want to own, find your own groove. Absolutely. But that's the enjoyment, like in the journey, not the destination, unless we all have the same destination of being signed to the AFL, of making it as a project manager, of making it as a game designer. It doesn't matter what we do. Like um, there's different ways how to go about it. Internships, Absolutely. we go through qualifications, we go through knowing the right person. Uh, for the right career, like even stockbrokers, they have to um, work for free for the first six months. Wrestlers have to work for free for the first year to two years. It doesn't matter, like, if you're on a show where everyone else gets paid, are you really worth that $50 or are you worth that $30? Yeah. Like, what do you bring to the table that keeps you separate? Can you guide people in matches? Like, exactly. do you stand out? Do you stand different? you got to sometimes work, work for... Um to pay your dues when it comes to this sort of stuff as it's well. It's paying your dues, but it's showing your worth and creating that, that value. Well. Yeah. Like, I put it up the other day, and I think you guys seen it. Like, someone else is always going to do it for free, no matter what. Like, I was discussing with you before we started how I won't be continuing on with a certain promotion because yeah. a doctor doesn't go to Harvard or medical school for 10 years just to get paid a McDonald's wage. Now, I didn't go yeah. overseas and spend my own money going there just to cover my own cost, going to bookers, going across the country, spending six weeks in Perth when I was younger even. Um, exactly. Just training with David Storm, EPW, and they, I highly recommend that. Um, staying a few extra days after doing a show or before doing a show to do a seminar, to, um, to partake in a seminar, not a teacher seminar, um, do some extra training to pick someone's brain, get their opinion, because that way, you get someone's opinion that could be exactly the same as someone else's, but the way they word it could translate different to you, and you may then process it and retain it easier um, to keep yourself separated and better yourself in that aspect. Absolutely. Um, and once you do that, that's when you start to create your worth. And I didn't do all that just so I can get a basic mid-card spot and just so I can keep pushing shit around and everything else. I did this so I can progress myself as a person and professionally. Exactly. Couldn't yeah, so it comes more. down to that. So in the same sense of how I want to better myself for a real-life job, I want to better myself for the wrestling job. I want to give yeah. them no reason why they wouldn't hire me, why I wouldn't be employable for either an independent promotion or for Big Vinnie Mac later on down the track. Yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be interesting to see um, if, like, talking about employment and stuff, if you ever go to the United States, considering how many people from Australia, and especially with um, Vyas being a GFW talent scout, be interesting to see if you end up going overseas, if, if, if it's a plan or anything for you um, in the future. Oh, well, you guys are going to be the first to hear. Um, I'm going to plan to go in, what's the month before April? Uh, March, I think. So March anyway. So I'm in talks with uh, five different groups at the moment. Um, oh. It will be around Florida. Um, speaking to... I don't want to drop names anyway because you don't have to. Then I feel like to. yeah, I feel like that type of guy <laughs> that drops the names or anything else because I know there's a few guys in wrestling who just exaggerate stories and everything else. So I don't <laughs> want to be that guy. But no, I'm working on that. So my my game plan. Everyone needs a game plan because if you don't have an end goal, you don't know how to work back. Absolutely. When people constantly do trips to Japan, why? What's the end goal for you? Do you want to get employment full time in Japan? Fucking a, knock yourself out. Exactly. Do you do it just because you enjoy a holiday and then? Go check out Thailand. That's lovely. Go check out Fiji. If you're going there just for the wrestling, go enjoy it. Like It doesn't, mm. doesn't make sense. Come up with your end goal, work back. Um, long-term, then short-term goals. comes down to that. Um, but with uh, America, so five weeks, five, six weeks in America anyway, in, around Mania time. So I can actually watch and enjoy Mania because I love wrestling as much yeah. as I enjoy wrestling myself. I'm a fan of it. I'll buy the DVDs. I'll wear the T-shirts and everything else. And like, you, you are now. Spot on. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing a Jimmy Havoc T-shirt because I find it. his work to be 
artistic and I love watching his work as well and he's just such a great yeah. performer. So I'll be going over there, tr- filling up my days with training with um, Jay Lethal at the FIP school anyway down oh, there. Oh, nice. Yep. yep. And then filling in with independent dates in the meantime. Travelling around, seeing the sights and just really adding to my resume. So when I do... Uh, look into moving to England for a minimum of 15 months. I've got more on my resume. I've got more of a, a following I can bring to the table. And my aim is between now and then to travel as much as I can within this country, increase my following. So when I go to like, hey, Mr. Company with a big audience on a global scale with a on-demand service, why don't you book me? Why don't you put me on your wrestling show? Because then I can actually sell your product to... Two, three thousand Australian fans that haven't heard or haven't seen your product, hence making me more employable. Exactly. I mean, I'm taking this as professional as I can and much like a job interview. There's going to be people on the job I don't like, and there's going to be people <laughs> I just have to get along with, and I may have yeah. friends for life from the job. Exactly. Well, speaking of America, um, I just wanted to segue onto something. You spent um, early in your career um, in Houston, Texas with Booker T in his training yep. school. Um, just wanted to hear about your experience over there. Um, over in America. Yeah. Um, I mean, even uh, Sexton and who was it? Muffins, Marcus Pitt from yeah. EPW. They both went over there as well, as well as um, Ben Factor and Siren Monroe. I think they're the only other Australians to venture abroad there so far. But it was great. When I went over, they were in their transitioning phases of going from PWA, Pro Wrestling Alliance, to Reality of Wrestling, which is yeah. now a TV show. So myself, Mickey Jackson, Scott Slayer, and Rhino Hare, for, uh, currently known as Jake Navarra, yep. went over there as a group. Now, Mickey Jackson only really does PCW by choice, um, doesn't do OCW or any other companies for his own personal reasons, for whatever they may be, up to him. I don't know. I know his name, not his story, right? Something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, Scott yes. Slayer respects professional wrestling enough where he's taken a bit more of a backseat approach because yep. he doesn't feel like he can perform at the level um, where he can truly stand out right now. I know he can pull form, so when he does come back, it will be great to see him. But until then, he's taken a backseat approach. And Jake Navarra, same situation as Mickey Jackson, only really choosing to do New Age wrestling, though. Yeah. So, funny enough, uh, <clears throat> funny enough, looking now at it, there's only really myself that's venturing around. But there's little things Booker taught me in training um, which is clicking to me now about going out of position to get into position, how to walk with our feet, like he'd emphasize circling like the ring like a boxer because it needs to be fight. Put your hands up. Um, I'd see people that cross their legs as they circle now. looks like they, they have clown shoes on. They're going to fall over. And as we circle around the ring, he'd be like, all right, practice match A and B. Go for it now. You fuck up in the ring. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, freeze that. What the fuck is that? Freeze that. <laughs> shit. Shit, man. What was that? Do it again, but less shit. <laughs> Just tell you to do it again. But he'd be like, what are you doing that for? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And even though he was only doing SmackDown uh, commentary at the time, yeah, he'd yeah, still yeah. be there three times a week. So that was cool as fuck. That's insane. To get a current WWE veteran of 20 plus years like that to go out of his way to really help people, that was fucking Especially cool. somebody that's... Yeah. That's not only in the system, but has been in other places like yeah. WCW exactly. and all those Exactly, all three of them pretty much, yeah, TNA. Yeah, exactly. He'd know he'd know what that particular company would be looking for. And the right in people in the right places. Exactly. Um, and in regards to all that, myself and Mickey Jackson were the most improved. So that's why um, he chose us two to have a match, on, not against each other because it's pointless, right? We could have done that back <laughs> home. Yeah. Um, to have a match on his reality wrestling. Now, I wrestled one of their guys, which is a 
darker skinned guy, polit- uh, politician, uh, political character, cornrows. Um, the name will come to me, but the guy's surprisingly old, like 40 years old or something like that these days. Oh, yeah. But in very good shape and everything else. And he led me through and it was something simple. Um, and then myself, Mickey Jackson, Ryan O'Hare and Scott Slayer um, went to San Antonio as well. Um, and we wrestled for Funaki, well, kind of wrestled, right? So we wrestled for Funaki's promotion, Branded Outlaw Wrestling. And it was it's called NWA BOW now, right? Yeah. But it was more of a practice match. But Shelton Benjamin was watching, like yeah. Funaki, even who's the guy with the pyrokimic? Paul Virgil. Um, Paul Virgil. Oh, wow. yes. He was there, right? So all Coming these names, name like, like an OCW soup show all over again, right? Yeah. They're all <laughs> oh, sitting yeah, around. Absolutely. They're all watching and they give us feedback and Funaki speaks to us and everything else. And like, cool as fuck, yeah? Funaki's giving us feedback. <laughs> then, That's like, what you want. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't to get on the show. It was more of a tryout match. So if we ever go back, we get a spot pretty much. Yeah. You only get a spot by just sending them my resume. So I'm pretty confident there. Absolutely, um, yeah. But they asked two guys to have a practice uh, have a trial match and everything else right so uh, they send the two guys in there to have a tryout match these are two big boned large men that are about i don't know 6 foot just under really um really been uh tipping the scale there not like powerhouse thick just just round <laughs> um and so the finish of their 5 minute match that goes for 15 minute match is a crossbody from the second Back rolled, holds the tights. One, two, thinks he says three, let's go. Slides, and I exaggerate on the word slide here, slides out the bottom rope, raises his hands and like flaunts to like the three people that are still watching oh before the show God. starts. So I'm like, yeah, that's it, I won. And then the ref goes, hey mate, jump back in the ring. Uh, that was a two cap. <laughs> goes back in the ring, does the exact same thing, one, two, three, leaves, like nothing happened. It was a, an abomination. People walked away like, I didn't realise much at the time, like I sat next to Paul Birchall beforehand, I was like, oh, hey man, how you doing, everything else. Yeah. Just trying to be social to the locals, and like, oh yeah, you've been doing this long? Oh yeah, so uh, where else have you worked? <laughs> no fucking idea, this was the pirate guy I'd play on the video game. <laughs> like, we all have those moments anyway, but it's what yeah we take away from it and like how we learn. Like, we got to fuck up to learn, and if that's the case, I should be really smart by now. But hey, I'm not right. <laughs> but yeah, like that was yeah. a ton of fun. But honestly, I could have got more training out of it by doing more around the country. It's yeah. like there was a time I just hated myself. So, uh, in the good way, um, after one NAW, I flew the next day for six weeks until the day before the next NAW to Perth. And I did some training with David Storm, Mark Spitt, Chris Weiss. Um, They were great. It smashed me with cardio. I've got cardio drills I still apply these days. But they were great with getting a better understanding of it all and everything else. And that really came into play just to give me a better outlook on professional wrestling Mm. and little bits they say. I go back and I read my notebook with Booker and they click and I'm seeing the missing pieces and it all link in. I'm like, fuck, maybe Booker T wasn't full of shit after all. <laughs> maybe what he was saying was right. Yeah, and it with like the mix of different training and stuff like that, you'd probably get a mix of different styles out of it as well. Yeah, you find and your own niche. Like what yeah. was recently talked about with professional wrestling, I think Ricochet said it best. You get guys that want to express their way of professional wrestling. Now, wrestling is just an art form of fighting, right? Performing art, um, a live interpretation of performing arts. Yeah. Um, Ricochet and Will Ospreay, cool. They do backflips, right? They do flips. <laughs> um, the cruiserweight sets yeah. their way of fighting. If they were on the street, fucking hey, they'd do that shit. Me, I'm a powerhouse. I pick people up. I love powerbombing people. I think it's cool as fuck. I love Mike Awesome for yeah. it. Um, 
Some people like Tanaka. Some people love Tanaka and want a forearm and give sliding lariats and hit as hard as they can. Cool, mm. that's for them, right? Some people want to throw other people through flaming tables, C4, barbed wire, light tubes, and all that in between, right? I've got to tape some of that. <laughs> yeah, up I, wanted, I was going to ask you about the Big Japan um, pro wrestling after you finish this. Yeah, but like that's their different way of fighting. That's we all got different styles anyway, but we will all mesh in to get their, our own understanding on how we can mm. apply our own style and then become more universal. Because what's the point of wrestling a uh, high-flying style where I need a guy that can backflip with me? Um, I want to find an adaptable powerhouse style where I can apply it to most people. And I believe I can throw around most people anyway, so I'm trying to make it the most adaptable way I can. Absolutely. Yeah, well, um, with the Big Japan Pro Wrestling... Mm-hmm. Um, what was the experience like going over to Japan especially? Because I know you've been to UK, United States, like we talked about, and um, and obviously Japan as well. What was it like working for a company like Big Japan? Um, so I don't, re- I wasn't as grateful as I was for the opportunity. I don't realise how much of a big deal it was until I look back now. Mm-hmm. But Japan yeah. has star- a niche, right? Um in the same sense of you look at New Japan, All Japan, Mishinoku Pro, DDP, Zero One, uh, Big Japan, fuck, there are a few more stardom. Um, everything about them keep them separated, right? Yeah. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling get a lot of gaijins, which is f- the term for foreigner. Yeah. Baka gaijin means stupid foreigner. So if you hear that around, like, you know you <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. But um, Big Japan have their market of strong style. And death matches, right? So they're never yeah. going to go out of business because that's what they specialize in. Zero One's a bit of everything, right? So that's why they're kind of on the downs at the moment, but like they've got their period. Um, Noah was a kind of like branch off from all Japan from memory yeah. with Misawa. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yep. Even like DDP is your comedy, if anything. Like mm, they've done yeah. wrestling at theme parks before. That's fucking. I think amazing. I have seen a couple of those um, videos on YouTube, just doing a bit of, just doing a bit of surfing, and I've found a bit of that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. like you look at a cat video, and then like nine hours later, you end up on DDP, <laughs> uh, DDT Pro. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and even like Mishinoku Pro, they're so far out in the mountains, they have their own niche and their own market. So everyone appeals to a certain genres. Um, I didn't do any of the deathmatch stuff when I was there, but I oh, did yeah. tape up barbed wire. Uh, no, I did like staple barbed wire to um, a bunch of boards for them to break. I did help um, put light tubes around the ropes using elastic bands for them to snap off later on. Jeez. Um, so I did the basic young boy duty, sat around the ring to watch and everything else. Yeah. And it was an experience and I took it in. Um, the training wasn't intense, as intense with um, Japan as I thought. It was mostly fitness-based, but yeah. still like a great fundamental. So that's all they care about. Because if you watch a Japan match, they're not going to go really impressive chain hold for chain hold, mat wrestle for mat wrestle nine times out of ten. They're just going to go the good fundamentals and good strong basics. They'll tell a story with that. I mean... Um, they tell a story so well, it doesn't need um, po- big guy, a big guy pointing to tell the other big guy to run off the ropes. They yeah. can use body language to express themselves to the westernized audience to know how to read that story they're trying to express. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been watching recently because I only got into the Jap- Japanese wrestling um, only a couple of years ago. So I've been watching um, like New Japan and all that sort of stuff. And it's a different style to the real wet, like to the Australian style or American style. It's very just, just different. A West, it's very different to the Western style. It, it sort is. Of thing. And I've, 
I find it really <laughs> enjoyable to watch, especially especially New Japan, like Wrestle Kingdom every year I watch, and you you get some interesting styles through there, different variations. I find too many people here have a structure where they go through a basic structure. They don't worry about like the story that's being told, whether it's why am I going to wrestle this guy, um, what would my character do in this circumstance, um, all the way down to all right, let's go structure A to B to C to D to E, right? Mm. No, let's go with D. Let's go D twice. Let's go B once. As long as it makes sense and it flows and like the crowd eat it up. Couldn't agree more about that. That's it. Because we had these discussions before. I think more and more guys should go ahead and learn this kind of wrestling psychology sort of thing. Mm. Because like you're pointing out, some of you guys guys just have Like Jimmy really helped me open up my mindset. Um, Burr helped me. Uh, Davis Storm, like just understanding the storytelling side of things that it doesn't need to be done by the blueprint. The blueprint's there as a formula, as a fullback, as a safe plan, it works. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, right? Um, with professional wrestling, it's enjoyable, but fans these days think they're smarter. They think they can predict <laughs> the booking and everything else, right? But yep. the second they think they know what's going on and you pull the tablecloth from underneath them and they get surprised, they enjoy it and they remember why they enjoy professional wrestling. So whether you're mad that Roman Reigns won for the payoff to happen um, in the long term or something you didn't expect, that's when you enjoy it again. It's constantly got you on your toes. You're not knowing what's going to happen yet. Um, it puts that shock factor back into it. Um, so when matches become predictable with the baby face always being on top until um, something to happen to stop him um, in his tracks and everything else, that's when it's predictable and everything else. You watch a Jimmy Havoc match and you try and compare that to any other match out there and it's always different. Absolutely. I did manage to catch his um, one of his St. Kilda Festival matches. I think it was a session before he ended up injuring his knee. I was there with a couple um, of mates. It was Jimmy and Sid versus Mike Burr and someone else, I think. I think so, yeah. I do. I, I remember that Sid was in the match. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, even then, I, it was the first time I saw him and I didn't think that, um, you know, obviously the injury would happen. So no. I, was, I was... But he I brings was, the presence. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I was explaining... I was had Gavin on the phone about it and I was telling him, like, this guy is a fucking good worker. Like, watching, watching his um, in-ring skills and obviously his presence, like you just said, it's and talking about presence anyway, while we are bouncing around from topic to topic, I mean, yeah. I know we got dot points to cover and we'll get there, but with <laughs> presence, it's the, this is this is, we don't we don't follow a it's major a script. Plan, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, with presence, it doesn't matter if like everyone gets told go to the gym, make sure you look like an athlete and everything else, right? Throw that out the pl- uh, window as well, because if everyone looks the same, it's fucking boring, right? Um, I try and look good for everyday life, and because I can't physically throw people unless I work <laughs> out most days. Exactly. Plus, I express myself through there. I, I find working out very therapeutic. But if you watch someone like um, Sketch, if he goes to the ring, if it's cold, like he's in his hometown, maybe he's got his game face on. That's when he looks intimidating. He needs to have that look in his eye. You need that eye of the tiger, as cheesy as it says. <laughs> Mikey Whipwreck all true. the way down to Mick Foley to the big show. Doesn't matter shapes and sizes, as long as they look like they can fight. Jimmy, you know you wouldn't pick a fight with the guy, even though he's smaller and everything else, because exactly. he'll throw fist and he'll knock you out. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> He was kind they of scared to watch. In, yeah. They need to look intimidating. Heidenreich, you remember him? Oh, yes. He was cheesy. He didn't look intimidating. He had a body. Did not look intimidating, in my own opinion. Heidenreich, if you're listening, like I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you're a nice guy and you mean well. But when I seen you put a chin lock on next to the ropes on a Hulkamania tour, you lost all my respect. You were there pal. as well for that one as well. I was there as well. Yeah, I think I half of Australian wrestling was there I for was free. There for that one. I yeah. was there for free due to a ring bell they needed. You know that ring bell they used for that? Yeah. Yep, cool. That got me my free seat. Thank you very much, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, fantastic. Oh, mate, that, yeah, but 
um, yeah, like you said, just the whole um, wrestling can't be a boring thing where it's just everyone's a body guy. There needs to be a mixed variation of different, you know, characters and different, um, you know, body types. And um, it adds to the story. Exactly. And it makes it more interesting for us as fans because I, I tend to enjoy going to local shows a lot and seeing the different variation of styles, whether it's like internationals or locals or it's, you know, big guys or small guys or jack guys. Like, there's always a different variation of when you go to a local show or even yeah. even any other show. And the biggest term to throw in there is contrast. Yes. It help, okay, if you've got the Super Junior tournament, right? And you have a wild card and you throw a wild card out there like, I don't know, who's the Japan heavyweight? Gato, right? Um, probably saying it wrong. Um, Gato. Oh, Gato. Yeah, Gato, Gato and Jado, yeah. Gato and Jado. You throw them in there, not being cruiserweights and high flies, and they make the cruiserweights look so fast because um, if you do something slow, then the fast shit looks fast by default, right? Absolutely. Because the terminology is contrast, right? Fucking A, perfect. You, I've been to a few shitty nightclubs when I was in England at the time. Um, now, on, they had yeah. three different floors and even bang over here had do the same thing, right? Yep. So, you yep. go up a floor and they've got pop and everything else. I was like, oh, this is fucked. You go downstairs and you're back to rock music. You're like, oh, fuck yeah. You appreciate it a lot more because yeah. you've got something to compare it against. you got that contrast. Yeah. That it lacks contrast if everyone punches the same, kicks the same and everything else. Like, if you've got a school down here that has people learning the same way, not allowed to expand their horizons their knowledge wrestle elsewhere watch other promotions like i spoke to a girl on the weekend that wrestles um not oh this weekend yeah friday yep beautiful um i'm all over the place like i thought today was tuesday but it's wednesday trust me man well i'm the same (laughs) (laughs) i'm always Um, always like that and so where she wrestles they're not allowed to watch other promotions or wrestle elsewhere and Mm. they train on mats like Training on mats, I'm not knocking that because IPW UK do that. And their wrestlers turn out great. Yeah. But, like, I don't get the concept. You've got to better yourself. Like, Absolutely. How do you expect a chef to better himself if he's not allowed to go into another kitchen to work with other cooks? Like, Or go to food shows or something like that. Just so on. on. Um, you know, Expand your knowledge, your exactly. horizon. Now, it's not even about, like, sitting back on and watching Huey's Kitchen at the uh, <laughs> on a Friday night. It's <laughs> more so, like... Yeah. A, able to put that hands-on theory and everything else like you learn more in road trips like Brett Hart said business is done at the bar maybe you learn in road trips maybe you learn by having practice matches maybe you learn by watching more like everyone's got their own different way to, of learning anyway like, absolutely couldn't agree more I mean I guess keeping on that topic as well like OCW is renowned for I guess bringing the internationals there and you were we witnessed you have a match against EC3 so yeah yeah, working against someone like that or even in the UK working at Tommaso Ciampa sort of thing. Do you feel going against guys like that just somewhat bettered you in a sense? Or okay. you picked so, up different things? So you guys are friends with Owen Jones and... Uh, the digital beard. Yeah. Ooh, Shout sh- out to... Rewind. <laughs> okay, so you guys are friends with Digital Beard Photography and I'm really good mates with Digital Beard Photography. I think he's an outstanding guy, talented as fuck photographer oh, as absolutely. Well. He's up there with like banging photography um, as being one of my favourite photographers. I used to date a photographer, right? So she was my favourite photographer. <laughs> <laughs> clearly like by default, by she's default, not. Yeah. yeah, so now me and Owen are dating, right? Um, but anyway, yeah. I was speaking to him about this and he asked me uh, what my opinion was. So uh, I wrestled Carlito... Tomasa Champa and EC3 and a six-man tag, if you want to consider that, where Rob Terry was on my side against um, 
Carlito and Chris Masters. I know there was like some bullshit six man tag. I really should remember. Did we this. watch that the other night? Yeah, um, I think so. I did, it was. I saw it. So with Carlito, right? You got yep. to him beforehand. Now, yeah. some things in matches, like because I was nervous, then I wanted to go through any dangerous spots or just the basic outline in general and like the basic blueprint as we were going through before. Yeah. It's like, hey man, what do you want to do? Uh, I'm not too fussed, man. Let's just go out there. Do you want to just call it out there, man, and listen to me? I was like, uh, yeah, sure, man. What am I going to do is <laughs> say no? It's fucking Carlito, right? <laughs> um, and there's Chris Masters playing his shitty hip-hop through his beat speakers backstage and like just annoying oh, everyone. No. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Go to Kelly. Like, Kelly, he wants to just call it out there. What do I do? Freaking the fuck out. And Kelly's like, Josh, relax. You're the man. Chill. I was like, oh, yeah, all right. Cool, I'll chill. <laughs> Ten seconds later, I'm freaking out again. Like, yeah. my anxiety's peaking. Go out there. And I do the match. And I even, like leave the ring when he goes to Spitty's Apple Sense we got a six man later he's like hey man that was good that's it walked away like no no real feedback and I was like is that it like that was fucking easy fuck this shit I'm going overseas <laughs> so yeah. that arrogance about me um, helped me go to overseas the first time yeah. the arrogance and uh, depression I'll get there later on um, second time with Tommaso Ciampa I was going through some emotional stuff at the time some family stuff some girl stuff and everything else yeah. bitches am I right oh dude Damn mate straight. if anyone knows about girls problems it's me yep. <laughs> oh, I know the whole deal about that well shit. you know about problems and I can know about the girl part so <laughs> anyway oh God. I was coming down to like uh, a few days away from Tommaso and then like Dan Edler great guy and everything else IPW promoter um Really looked out for me. He's like, hey, man, we will put on a special attraction match and we want you to take it. I was like, fuck yeah, man. I appreciate it. And a lot of people like talked it up and everything else. Now, I wasn't nervous because I've got this theory in life where you don't believe the hype. And if you don't see the hype and everything else, it's just fucking someone else. Like, I don't yeah. get the big deal. It's kind of good and bad. Like, I don't get excited for things as much these days, but I don't get as nervous. Like, it's got its pros and cons like every situation. And then when I wrestled Tomasa, it was great. Uh, I've got feedback off him and everything else, which I value. Um, but still, I reckon I could have done much better and I was <laughs> I was sweating nerves and like you could see it on me. Um, <laughs> and he really tore me apart and that match is online, thank God. We have watched it. It was a good match. Because my yeah. other matches haven't been online and like there was a web, there was a match I wrestled a former NXT guy, Zulu Warrior. Uh, yes. yes. And that's the reason, floating around. Yeah, that's floating around and it was cheesy. It was like a camp show, right? <clears> so yeah. just a basic festival match, like nothing special, like a big yep. boot and a big clothesline were the biggest things I did there. Uh, with the German, I had to protect the guy, I remember. But it's got 5,000 views because it's seen on a website called hunksofmuscle.com. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, but let me guess, the name The name is not what I'm thinking it would be. Nah, nah, it's just got your jacked up wrestlers on there that are all greased up. So that's why there's two big guys on yeah, it, right? Yeah. Throwing each other around. But myself... Um, Elliot Sexton, Marcus Pitt, Rocky Monero, we've all yeah. been on it. Like it's like a little uh, gold medal these days. Like congratulations, you've been a hunks of wrestling. Yeah. You've got a decent look. <laughs> um, oh wow! And yeah. then in regards to EC3, uh, when I got told who it was, I honestly had no idea who it was. Oh wow! Because uh, I don't watch TNA, right? I barely yeah. have time to watch wrestling. Um, I well, knew him well, from the NXT on TV stuff. Anyway. Yeah, I knew him from the uh, NXT stuff. So I looked into it, watched oh, a few yeah. of his matches. I'm like, hey, Dowie, what's this guy like? Because Dowie's the man when it comes to wrestling. And Dowie's like, oh, this guy's actually really good. I've seen him at Evolve on a smaller indie show when Dowie was in America briefly and said he actually works hard. So I was looking forward to it. Meet him, like, hey, dude, let's go work some stuff out. And funny enough, like, he he brought it to me. He chopped hard, like, top five hardest choppers I've felt yeah. anyway. Um, and that was loud, I remember. Um, and he took a few big falls and everything else, played it up. 
it was just really shitty that they had the house lights on. Um, yeah. There wasn't more people there. Yeah. And it just felt like, all right, well, let's do the show on Sunday because he's really available for them. Let's cater the show for the international. And that's the only downside I see of OCW, which I don't like, but that's their purpose and their goal. See, yeah. MCW's purpose is to put the best wrestling on from the country. OCW, let's put an international on to draw the crowds and to pitch for TV while we have the support act of the Australians and no major storylines. I know OCW improving. OCW's new mind and management, um, even Matt on board, are great and they're going to better themselves in the long term. But OCW and MCW are the top two companies, but they've both got different purposes. Yeah. Um, personally, I love working MCW and I rate that higher. In my own personal opinion, though, like you can't be mad at it or whatever nah, else. It's absolutely. My own personal opinion. Everyone has like, their own personal opinion. Even if like OCW management, like, hey, what'd you say? Like OCW isn't your favorite and everything else. That's because I enjoy the vibe, the forte, and the level of a platform I can perform on. But then if I fuck up on that level, I feel it for weeks. Exactly. Um, yeah. So there's been moments where I've had, I think it was one of my top five worst matches ever was myself and Fox versus Jay Andrews in a handicap. Just hate myself still from that match. Um, mm-hmm. But it's lingering with me still. See, if I did that match in New Age Wrestling where there was less crowd, less hype, publicity and media online as well, yes. maybe it would, it would go away a lot quicker But because everything's recorded and they've got a big of a, bigger of an Australian following and international following. They it, do, yeah, yeah. It can be seen by the wrong eyes. Absolutely. Or the right eyes, but at the wrong time. Yeah, well, um, like, even then, probably not best to beat yourself up about it because you have made up, like, you have got good matches, especially when it comes to that EC3 match because we, I'm not sure if you remember because we did end up coming up. Yeah, so briefly. You, know, you were there with briefly. Owen. Yeah, 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 we were there with him. I remember that. I, was like, I feel it was the first time I actually met Owen because you, you and him go way back. That's yeah, I've known Owen for a couple of years <laughs> now. Um, but, yeah, like, um, I, rem- I remember that match very well because I was, um, it was a Sunday, and I do remember that. And surprisingly, CD Sundays. Yeah, CD Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually surprised it was on a Sunday, and St- I remember the show starting earlier as well. Yeah, yeah, it was different, but like overall, the match itself was probably standout of the night. I mean, also the um, championship match was a standout of the night too because of the big ladder spot too. Um, but your match was probably standout of the night, and we did end okay, up appreciating and letting you know that it was a good match, and even EC three like that. That I reckon he definitely brought it out of you when we, well, from our personal. That's what view. I enjoy. I enjoy being outside my comfort zone because that's how yeah. we can grow. Um, mm. I mean, there's been times when I feel confident and someone's a good wrestler, but we don't bring it out in ourselves and everything else. Yeah. But yet I'll be with someone I haven't wrestled before, where I'll really push to guide them through the match, or they'll push to really try and egotistically one up me. Mm. And what I learned in England made me one of the best mat wrestlers there is. I mean, I've shown everything I know to Dowie James since he's a baby face on most shows. And so he's standing out now. There's no one can, that can come close to him with his mat wrestling. Yeah. Um, all the way down to the inside wrist locks to great binding people's legs from lockups, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I better myself in that point. Now, if someone can push me, boom, that brings it out of me. And I'm like, all right, well, you brought the fight to me. Cool. I'm not going to back down because you, can define it by people's um, wrestling boots even. You look at, to see if it's worn in the back or worn at the front, goers or yeah. comers and everything else like that. Absolutely. I think I've heard that before, the, the worn at the heel yeah, no, or worn healing at the out. toe. Yeah, I yep. think it was a healing out podcast because I, I do listen to those as well. Yeah, that's it. I was on it. It was my one anyway. It's yeah. an old school reference. Yeah. It is an old school reference. Um, 
in the same way, it's an old school reference uh, by Tully Blanchard. Blanchard, I think, said this, where it's better to be five minutes, uh, better to be two and a half hours late to a promotion instead of five minutes late um, because the promoter's going to be grateful you showed up, let alone angry at you because you're five minutes late. <laughs> Works with work <laughs> as well. You rock up to work an hour or two hours late, you're like, fuck, sorry, guys, I didn't think I could come in today, but I'm fucking here now. It's still like five minutes late. Josh, where were you? You're like, oh, well, at least you're here. Of course, you can't do it every day, That's but like it. once every now and then, pull that trick out. Oh, I'll write that down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, just going through our note, well, our small dot little points. notes, our little yeah. dot points of what. Actually, we you know to what? Go let's let's go off, go off the page. Ooh, fuck the page. Yeah. <laughs> going off the script. What made you get come up with Josh Shooter? I guess I didn't. Um, Someone else came. Do you remember? Um, no, he's rechanged his name. So Preston. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Oh, gosh. From Preston and Payne? Do we know, do we know Preston? Preston, yeah. d oh, I don't, don't remember him, what he used to do. So he used to be called d -Volt. He took like a few years off. Not default, d -Volt, d -Volt, Like D-V-O-L-T, right? Yeah. Um, he was the first person I wrestled for outside Alpha Pro Wrestling. And so I was doing a chicken gimmick at the time called El Pojo del Diablo. It was the devil's chicken. That's amazing. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, my that's God. Awesome. That's amazing. There are photos. I'm sure you can link it and everything else. But um, Please <laughs> link it, people, whoever listened to this. Excited <laughs> to see this. <laughs> it was a mask. Oh, skinny. Like, you wouldn't be able to recognize it now anyway. Yeah. Um, and edit that I out. Like, hey, hey, listen, D-Vault. Um, I'm keen to wrestle for you guys. And he wanted me on and everything else. But I don't think I can do the gimmick I'm doing at Alpha. Because I was told they own my gimmick and I can't do it. I'm an independent wrestler. No one owns shit. Like, uh, when does someone own another fucking character they come up with? No, props to you. You came up with the character. It doesn't mean you fucking own it. I need to give you a dollar every time you rest I wrestle now. Like, it was fucking stupid for me to say that. But anyway, like, oh, hey, man, so can you come up with the character or a name for me or something? He's like, sure thing. Five minutes, uh, like, uh, five hours later, he texts me. I want you to be Josh Shooter. Think Rob Van Dam. Like Rob Van Dam, the wrestler? No, like Van Dam. Jean-Claude like Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Oh, yes. Kickboxer. I want you to be former military street fighter. <laughs> Gone rogue. Taking <laughs> up professional wrestling like Fight Club. Come out in camo with a headband like Rambo. And you're just there to fight and throw motherfuckers around. That I was like, awesome. fuck yeah, that is so badass. <laughs> Did it twice. And I was like, oh God, I hate myself. What? Look, look at me. What have I become? My sweetest friend. Um, just hated myself from there. Then I just like ditched the gimmick, kept the name. Yeah. I just did it since. Plus my real last name is Italian. It's big, it's fat, it's yeah, long. Yeah. And it sounds like a pizza topping. So, oh, so it's really Italian. It. I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a pizza topping pretty much. It's a pizza topping. <laughs> so are most Wog last names. I can say it because I'm Wog. Whatever. <laughs> Jeez. I see what we're Wogs as well, but... There we go. Well, he's a talent. He's... But well, someone's going to be offended. Someone's actually. going to be offended and butthurt anyway. And if you're going to oh, be offended, you're going to be butthurt. You're going to be negative. I'm going to block you. You're the first person <laughs> who said butthurt who isn't either me or Gavin. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that is awesome. Nah, that's a, that's the way of approaching it, man. Um, well, segueing on, um, I wanted to talk about MCW Uncensored. Back to the Jimmy Havoc topic. Um, www.redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash the axe. Yes. I was going to... I'm in. just working it in there. Continue. <laughs> you just have to work it from, in. From the backyards to the big leagues. Support those that support you. <laughs> <laughs> I love but it. But I'm just like throwing it in there as we keep going so it subliminally tells people to You're buy gonna my You're going to have to shameless plugs. Shameless plugs. No, I don't have shame. So it's not a shameless plug. <laughs> 
It's just like just a plug. It's just a plug, mate. Just a it's plug. a plug. It's just a plug. But with the Jimmy Havoc story, Jimmy. the Jimmy Havoc story. Well, obviously he was injured from the NCW Uncensored show. Um, I wanted to oh, know Saint how. St Kilda Fest. Yeah, well, St yeah. Kilda Fest. Sorry. Um, I think he got worse when it was at the MCW show. I don't Uncensored. know. But anyway, uh, his knee was like fucked from a few things, and I think um, the double stomp on the outside at the St Kilda Festival is like the final straw that. Blew it out. Yeah. Sadly, because then he had to fly home with it, and I think he's doing much better. And Mikey Whipwreck these days is doing a charity show soon to help Jimmy Havoc out um, in UK. I think it's in Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, that's good to um, hear. And it's going to be like a deathmatch tournament as well, because that's Jimmy's specialty. Yeah. Um, not because he's not a bad wrestler. I mean, he came up with Zack Sabre Jr. and Prince Devon and all that yeah. in Hammerlock, UK. But um, it's more so something he got renowned for. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to ask, like, because he obviously got injured, and it's un- it's really unfortunate what happened. We were, we were definitely both bummed about it. But I wanted to know how it came out with how it came about with um, you getting booked in that triple threat match. Because right um, place, right time. Just right place, right time. Right place, right time. You weren't were you booked on that show that day, or um, I was told it was going to be on it. I think they were still sorting out the card at the time. Okay, and they didn't know what they wanted. Um, they wanted someone strong to face Juicy. They wanted to put a few other people in there. Um, they didn't know whether to be singles with Dowie and I. With um, Dowie and I, they didn't know if they kept Juicy in there still. They didn't know if it should be Juicy Dowie. But then that's repeating the same match they had in um, for the IC title. No, for the uh, Intercommonwealth Inter- yeah. title a few yeah. months earlier. They didn't want to repeat that just with a hardcore stimulation. So they decided to make it a triple threat. Yeah, and they chucked me in there anyway. Well, it was ended up being a good match. Probably one of the definitely the standout of the night. Um, I honestly, it's not one of my favourite matches, but looking back, most hardcore matches aren't crisp. Their yeah. inside wrist locks aren't perfect. <laughs> no. They're not applied correctly. Um, but it's not about that. It's about the big bumps and the big, big balls bumps, and yeah. the punches and the hits and the emotion That's and it. the tears. The, the brawls and all and that And I felt stuff like there. it was there anyway. No, it was good. And it fit the crowd as well because the crowd was definitely rowdy that day. Oh, um, was the crowd rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was the crowd rowdy. Well, I guess Hedgefine, I mean, because I guess most wrestling shows are all ages sort of thing. Just on that topic, before Uh-oh. we segue off. Uh-oh. Do you remember? No. Oh, it's one of my proudest moments ever, like, <laughs> that I could ev- I could never recreate. And it's on camera somewhere. And, like, Jimmy's so proud of me for it. And so is Mikey J. And even Sid Parker spoke to me and he told me how proud he was. <laughs> Do you remember at the start when I said, you know what, fuck this. Let's go in the ring. And there was Jimmy and I. And we beat up on a like, few guys. And I was like, I'm going to give a last ride. Hey, Jimmy, what should we give this last ride? Boom. Gave, a guy, gave the guy a last ride while he was wearing a onesie. That's not what I'm proud about. Um, I, yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah. They started a Shooter Swallows chant. Now, I don't know where the fuck that comes from, right? Yes. I'm not gay to begin with. Not knocking on the gay people. I've got a few friends that are gay and everything yeah. else. But I was like, that's very inappropriate. Like, even for an over-18 show, <laughs> like, I'm very am heavily against uh, people disregarding race or yeah. sexuality for cheap heat, per se. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, strongly against it. Um, let alone giving it back, like... If a wrestler is getting hate because he's gay or someone's starting a chant because mm. they think a wrestler's gay, that's just, that's on the same level. And you're a shit bloke for starting that chant. Exactly. But um, someone tried to start a shooter swallows chant, right? And I had a piece of gum in my mouth. And after watching hours of Mr. Perfect, I knew I couldn't flick it and hit it. <laughs> but because of the wog I am, I knew I could chew up that piece of gum and spit it and hit him with it. So I spat it out my mouth. 
precision, like a sniper. It flew over the top. And I think there's a video somewhere. You don't have to message Mikey J Productions. <laughs> but it hit him in the forehead. And after chanting, shoot a swallow, shoot a swallow, shoot a swallow, I spat a piece of the gun that hit him in the forehead. <laughs> and it just shut him up. He didn't know what to say. Oh, Jimmy great. grabs the mic. <clears throat> well... Guess I shut you up and shoot a spits now in it. <laughs> yes. And just boom, didn't know what to say. And the guy was dumbfounded. And the guy kept giving Jimmy shit and like, you don't do that, especially on over 18 show. Because Jimmy's punched people in the face before for less. Exactly. I um, did see it. Yeah. I, I, was I that when Jimmy kind of went out of the ring and yeah. did the crowd? Yeah. Jimmy was going to hit him. Like, fuck. And say, yeah. like, Jay, someone tr- threw a water bottle at Jay. What mm. makes you think you can throw a water bottle, empty or not? At a guy that's 110 kilos with 22 years, plus, uh, I think 22 years or at least 17 years, professional wrestling and sh- amateur wrestling and world travel experience under his belt. Yeah. He's just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to be a little bitch and take it and walk away. Fuck off. He's going to like prove how much of a man he is. Prove his worth once again. Mm. It's like, Jesus, what, what, you fucking idiots. You're asking for trouble. It was a shit thing to do. Like, uh, we were like, because we were in the crowd and we saw it, we were right in the middle of all this shit that was going on. Yeah. I mean, you, you see like, People saying dumb shit, like there was people saying dumb shit during the women's match, which made us cringe a little oh, bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, but you always like, get that. Like, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you get guys go to OCW. Oh, there's a chick on the show. Like, how many times did the giant feud of Kellyanne versus Vixen happen? So there, there'll be a variety of chicks, and some of them can be pretty fucking terrible. But someone will hear, oh, there's going to be tits, and there's going to be uh, Ken Kennedy, who I seen 12 years ago on WWE or something like yeah. that, right? Just an international. I'm going to go down and watch the show. They don't even realise there's good wrestling and the girls can actually wrestle and what Kelly's achieved. They don't even think about that. They disregard all and yeah. acquire being a dickhead. Oh, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Nah, but um, yeah, that, that crowd was bloody rowdy. I'll tell you that. I mean, at the end, it was, I think one of the... After the show... Um, there was this group of guys who grabbed a uh, one of the trash cans that was used in the match. I don't think it had been collected yet, or they had pulled it from um, under the or the barricade, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. that thing was. Guardrail, yeah, some shit. Guardrail, or a piece of tape of yeah, oh cones, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like the insurance thing, right? You have it back so people know there's a line and everything else. Yeah. In England, there are just no barricades anyway. No, <laughs> I know. But yeah, they grab they grab that trash can and then they started doing <laughs> shots, try to smash shots to their head and stuff. And they can realise that, hey, this is actually just a real trash can. It's it. not propped. <laughs> yeah, I know in movie yeah. sets you get bottles of glass that are made of like a sugar cane or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. sugar glass, like, breakaway yeah, glass. Sugar glass, glass breakaway gl- um, bottles. And like, oh, yeah, the light tubes are made of that. No, they suck yeah. us. No, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, straight up. You could tell that it was a real one considering the fact of how it broke as well. And the um, Spot on. And Yeah, that, that, whatever and that de- chemical is that's in yeah. it. Yeah, and even with like shit in hardcore matches, even though you, you hit certain ways just so like you're not going to break the guy's face but it's still going to hurt him like Dowie James uh, sunset flip powerbomb me to the floor but there's a photo where his legs break the table so he just sunset flip powerbombs me to the floor not through the table <laughs> to break the fall <laughs> boom straight onto a broken table like, uh, oh my uh, god my spine. <laughs> that's horrible <laughs> now nah, but yeah I, I reckon that show uh, well segueing off well, if you want to segue off I was going to go back to like I guess yeah, you know, I guess you call it an uh, all ages show. I know that's what I know because I yeah, I an over eighteen show. We I, I was in I was in the music scene for a little bit, so it's like it was. You know the difference ages. between like an all ages show, yeah. and like an over eighteen show. Then exactly, all ages, all you gotta be kid friendly and shit. And then over eighteen is just like, just go for it, sort of thing. <laughs> just and then you, you see want. certain wrestlers that will get uh, that will have more of a connection to the crowd. Like maybe a JXT is more of a kid appropriate character. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
where he'll try his kid appropriate stuff on an over eighteen for sure, and people are like, mate, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, all right, rein it in, champ. Like, yeah, what are you so happy about? Like, it's a life. <laughs> and then you see Eman come out. He's like, well, I'm all about cash, money, young money, and everything else. People are like, fuck yeah, I want to be like this guy, <laughs> even though he's a bad guy yeah. in most places. Like, mm. complete different flip side. Absolutely. I think they wrestled each other. That's why I'm saying it on that show. Uh, I've got like that really shitty kid brain where like <laughs> you can remember cars from nine years ago, everything else, and the yeah. winner and the loser. Man, that was a uh, Cletus and Emmanuel because that's where the Cletus Club thing started. I don't get it. Don't know what it is. Don't want to touch t- <laughs> subject on it. Like in case it's like taboo, someone hears it like, Josh, what's your problem with the Cletus Club? I just <laughs> think it's really stupid. <laughs> but yeah, I guess like I guess my question is, how do you find I guess trying to adapt to that kid friendly to then eighteen plus sort of thing? All right, in the same sense of I tried this Dragon Ball Z character because I love Dragon Ball go. Z passionately, I right? I do want to get onto that too. Yeah. Um, now, I'm ditching it slowly and everything else. Keeping the hair because I fucking love the hair. Um, <laughs> people recognize me and know me of it. Um, I'll try mm. something, soon, something new soon. Like, I've got a few ideas in the works, but it's something where I'm limited to working babyface in like kid-friendly shows. I can't work it everywhere. I don't want to go out there like generic babyface 101. Come on, baby. Yeah, baby. Whatever else, right? Like every second baby face with yeah. smiles and everything else. Um, it's it's hard. Um, you got to feel it out there. You got to see what they're all about. You got to watch the matches earlier on. Um, nine times out of ten, a pub crowd is there for the band or they're there because they see wrestling and they just want to see a couple of guys get punched, a couple of body slams. They don't care about how technically gifted you are. Yeah. They won't really give a shit about that. They just want to see a brawl. Nine absolutely. times out of ten at over eighteen show. I'm sure you guys have noticed this. Oh, absolutely. oh, yeah. Well, we haven't been. To, well, one place that we want to go to if, if they ever do it again is Wrestle Rock, which I've missed out on. Yeah. You've missed out on, but like, um, I was in the last two Wrestle Rocks, I think. I think I do remember seeing because I was doing when I was doing research and all that on leading up to this podcast. I think I did see a couple photos. Of yeah, the I'm a whore yeah. within professional wrestling. <laughs> I'll work everywhere as much as I can. Myself and Cracker Jacks used to be the biggest whore there is. Jacks T to a degree, but now he's all like, oh, well, if they can't afford my payday, baby, I don't want to be there. I was like, uh, well, Jacks T, I'm going to go and wrestle because I enjoy the sa- I enjoy professional wrestling for professional wrestling. I don't expect to get rich off it, but my t-shirts sell. So people who buy my shirts at www.redbubble forward slash people forward slash the axe. And that does help um, compensate for the shows when I have to pay my way there so I can break even so I can make it worth my while anyway mm. and I love professional wrestling for the sake of professional wrestling buy his shirts because he loves professional wrestling yeah in short but um, simple <laughs> coming back down to it I've got to find something that's adaptable to all audiences um, exactly you have someone like Elliot Sexton which is very much Hulk Hogan-esque like at MCW yeah. um, to a degree in my own fan opinion but then that may not get over on an over 18 show but yeah. Elliot Sexton, what he can deliver as a heel from Sex Rock days on an over-18 show is perfect. So people know their niche they can appeal to and how to turn it on at certain times. Yeah. What do you think of the um, potential that Australian wrestling has for the future? Do you think it's a good like there's good potential there? Do you think there's bad potential there? You, I mean, what do you th- what do you honestly think? Where do you think everything's going to lead to with like promotions like MCW, OCW, and they're they're bringing in crowds every single month. They're, they're just a couple promotions on, on 
off the top of my head. But what do you think? What do, where do you think that the Australian wrestling's leading to? Do you reckon it's a revival of back in the old days when they used to have it on television? I think we're five years behind England in the sense of that's where England was five years ago. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand's five years behind us because five years ago, what we did is we had no one. We were all trained by George Julio or yeah. um, oh, Miller? Ron Miller? No. There was an Adelaide-based guy. I really should know his name. South Australia do tribute shows to him anyway. Um, once a year, con maybe. Um, but it all trickled down from the one or two guys. So we all had the same style. Then Carlo Cannon went to Lance Storms, came back, had a different style. Yeah. Daniel Boma took a tour over to Japan, came back, brought a different style. People watched different things. We create our own niche because traditionally the old school Australian style was just to be more of a brawler than anything yeah. else. So you wouldn't want to fuck with an Australian because they would brawl and they'd fight you and they'd punch you. Not show you how great their inside wrist locks are at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, so I think we're going somewhere in the sense of we've got people that are fucking off now. They're going abroad and returning with styles where we can teach, we can evolve. Yeah. New Zealand, five years behind us. Travis Banks, Travis Banks is gone. Evig's gone. TK Cooper. Um, Olivia Shaw is gone. Um, they've got Johnny Idol, which is in Mexico. Um, they've got so many people going abroad. It'd be Priestley. Um, B. Priestley, I think, is pronounced. They've all gone abroad. There's seven right there. When they return to New Zealand, the New Zealand scene will blossom and develop. Um, a few years ago, they only had one or two promotions. Now yeah. they've got seven. Even one in Queenstown, where Queenstown's beautiful. So I want to try and get a booking there so <laughs> I can enjoy the sights come time to my I birthday. I want to go to Queenstown. Yeah. Spot on. Um, so it's blossoming and developing there. Oh, uh, with... MCW pushing heavily in finding Spirit Magazine overseas promotions, Facebook pages like um, Indie Wrestling um, and Independent Professional Wrestling and all those little fan pages yeah. with 10,000, 20,000 likes and everything else. Um, it will increase the following. People like Buddy Murphy, Casey Cassidy, and basically any Australian in NXT has gone through um, MCW at some point will eventually show for the casual viewer that watches WWE only and researches the Australians that have all came from Australia and seen that they've all came from MCW at some point mm. to see that it's a go-to place. And MCW are really producing the best in the country. With the OCW aspect, I think they'll, that we'll get a lot of eyes on the product um, with a lot of Australians rotating through to work with internationals that will help their confidence come up. Yeah, um, absolutely. That will help them to that regard. Um, they re need to run a few more training seminars, but it's hard because you don't know what level people are at, so you don't know how to cater to them. See, mm. when I run classes at down at George Julio's, um, or when I used to, I used to love to analyse friends and everything else and be like, well, let's all look at our own personal flaws. I personally suck ass with um, character development. Um, maybe Brooksy sucks with his mat wrestling. So I'll, I'll go out of my way and I'll be like, all right, Adam, let's let's wrestle. Let's go hold for hold here. Let's try and help each other. Yeah. Um, Sid is really great with his character side of things there, but maybe it's his or strength and conditioning he may struggle with or his match planning. Yeah. Um, little things like that. We'll all try and help each other out in our own personal flaws. Um, there's more positive these days than there is negativity, and I believe that's why we're going to boom and develop once again. I've got faith that we're going to grow. Um, recently, I've felt reborn again after a meeting at EPW where they went shoulder to shoulder, arm over each other, backstage meeting. Three people end up stepping through the circle at the entire time, pumping people up. And they they went around. Mark Spitz said, what time is it? Everyone shouted, go time. Did another three times. So we all shouted at the end. We all came in. One, two, three, break. EP dub. 
they went off. They have that unity. Now, unity is key for any team project, whether you're in a football or whether you're doing project development or game development. You've got to work as a team. Yeah. Um, if we work as a team within promotions, not to compete against either, compete against each other by spiting each other. Uh, we yeah. compete each other as in, we've got 300. Would you just guys get 330? All right, next month, we're going to get 400. Well, you know, it's going to get 370. Cool. They maybe beat us next month. We try and better each other. We try and one-up each other, but not in the cheap and nasty way of taking cheap shots and tearing posters down and everything else. Yeah. Um, and then by competing state to state like that, we can only develop our brand as a product as a whole in general better like that. Yeah. It's going to enhance, um, obviously, the wrestling in the country as well. Spot like, on. With all the, with all the different, um, like what you just said. Um, I'd like, I'd love to see wrestling back to how it used to, well, not how it used to be, but like back to that era where, you know, we had a scene like, you know, like you said, UK, we're five years behind. I'd love to see Australia be like that um, and have like a very vibrant scene. Um, and it, it improved. I it, guess we yeah. consider the wrestling country in the sense. Exactly. Yeah. We're not just this, you know. Take into account though, um, Japan, booming wrestling, England, booming wrestling, right? Hmm. Now, their population versus size ratio, they're all in little apartments, everything else here with yeah. their houses are huge. So they've got the bigger population exactly. to disperse within a smaller area. Here it's hard because people got to travel further and everything else and there's less population per kilometre radius. Like, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. That's the downfall there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, we've been to MCW twice now. We would like to go more, but it's just, you know, it's, it's hard an hour to get drive to. for us. It's, it's not easy, especially with like, you know, it takes us about an hour or so to get um, up to the city, well, up to Essendon or wherever the, wherever the shows are on. Um, but it would be, I'd love to see um, one day where all the promoters, well, not all the promoters, but like all the promotions do one super show kind of thing. I'd love to see something like that. I'd, I mean, I'm still thinking about what sort of, um, like what ideas and stuff, but I'd love to see all of them come together and just showcase Australian wrestling. Whether it's, you know, like an NW, like NWA kind of thing, where you know, we're all kind of, they're all kind of united. There was a wrestler that tried that a, few, um, a while ago, and it turned to shit because it turned into it being about him. The main event was a cage match with him oh. versus another big guy, and he threw him around. And even looked good at the end of the day. He was on all the promotional material. He had a former um, gladiator ringside. I think I know who. You're yeah, talking about. yeah. And it just turned into an ego fest. See, for people to do that, they've got to work together. I don't think we're on that level where that will ever happen, unless it's like. Someone like a George Julio passes or someone that is of that sentimental value where people band together and do it. Like, mm. I know Adelaide, they used to, I think they still do, they do the Cole Devani. That's the Adelaide yeah, guy, Cole Devani. Tribute show where they get boys from Rampage, High Risk Pro Wrestling, um, South Australia, um, Snake Pit and RCW all together to do a tribute show. That's borderline the closest you get to a super show. Besides that, you have Rep Wrestle Rampage that put on stacked cards with yeah. the best from the country, but that's not going to feature other belts and everything else. Mm. See, those Cold Devani tribute shows, you'll get something like that countrywide. Only way you're going to do that is if you have a fanboy that comes in with a lot of money that's like, I, I know Australian wrestling, I want one Perth match, one Adelaide, two Victorians because it's based in Victoria, one um, Queensland guy to be featured and um, one uh, against a Sydney guy. Yeah. Like a state of origin even. But oh, that'd be awesome. I, I think that doing a state of origin... EPW Perth. EPW, yeah, they do yeah. that once a year and this year it's going to be a fatal four-way with Sean Custom representing uh, New South Wales. And to be fair, this is Sean's first major 
interstate booking besides the little rampages he gets every now and then from memory. Yeah. Um, versus Mr. Juicy representing Victoria versus Alex Kingston representing APW Perth from memory. Um, versus Jag Hartley Jackson, yeah. Jag Hartley Jackson, sorry, representing South Australia. Yeah. So the, that's the state of origin where state of origin used to be three on three war game style. Um, yeah. Where it was always Team Victoria versus Team Ad- uh, Team New South Wales. New, uh, team WA, sorry. Because oh, okay. um, it's EPW Perth. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking different promotion here. <laughs> nah. All good. Remember years ago it was yeah Victoria versus New South Wales because that's. That's the thing to do, I guess. I think uh, MCW did that once because there was a ton of um, PWA worker, uh, wrestlers that were in town for Armageddon. So they just hanged around for uh, extra yes, days yeah. and did, a PW, uh, did an MCW. That was when Silver was still around on board yeah, and everything rem- else. Yeah. No, it was, I, I, it's, it's, funny, it's funny seeing Silver, like just talking about, um, well, obviously Matt Silver was Buddy Murphy over in WWE, but it's funny seeing him go from working when I saw him back in Pakenham 2008. Um, Versus Nasawa. I don't remember who it was. but Japanese it was, guy? I think it was Brucey. There, there was No, there was a tag team match. It was, it was a Warzone show, very early oh, Warzone, Warzone show. There was a tag team match with, I think there was this faction called the Three Kings or something. I can't remember. Um, and I think Carlo Cannon was in it. I cannot remember. Yep, Three Kings with yeah. um, Slicks, um, Carly Cannon. Managed by Rowan Herbstreet, I think, and Damien Slater from yeah, memory. Yeah, and then you had Robbie Hart, um, Matt Silver, and Crackerjack, and that was the main event. It's funny seeing him go from there all the way to America, working in front of you know twelve thousand people. Um, it'd be interesting to see if how, well, considering the fact that there's so many people from Australia going from here over to the states now, um, it'd be interesting to see how many more people go over there, considering. What, what's been going on lately with that because I think there's another Aussie that's been picked up recently from what I've read up on the dirt sheets but um, yeah well, I, I don't know I, I don't know <laughs> if you guys know about it but yeah I've, I've read up so. about it I think there was one other guy that who got pulled up there I don't remember but anyway um, I wanted to segue on to Axecast I want to talk about your podcast how did that come about because I, I am a fan of it I have listened to it um, how did that? How did that whole thing come out? So it came about wanting to express myself in another format. I did want to start doing the video blogs, um, but I knew I'd only be doing it when I was abroad, and I didn't know how long I'd be abroad for, and I didn't want to be the one every now and then guy. So yeah. st- I took a break, but I just released an episode legitimately ten minutes ago. <laughs> it just came on uh, while we were, we were recording this anyway. So yeah, it's more so I've got stories to share and. More than me loving the sound of my own voice, it's having <laughs> peers yeah. on there to share their stories, their endeavours, their struggles, how they've overcome it so people can listen, relate and learn from it even as a bit of a diary as they can express themselves um, or just talk about whatever they want really just to get on board. Um, capitalising on the whole... Mo- um, how can I put this? capitalizing on the following and exposure that I build for myself. I want people to jump on board. If I've got 2,000 fans on Facebook, um, which I'm near close to as well, I think I'm on like 1935, something like that. Mm. I want their fan pages to go up by 100 or two at least. I want them to capitalize on it. Um, I'll have people like Sean Hawkins on there, which isn't that well known because he's only done a little bit of managing at Platinum and NAW and slowly getting into MCW where he's going to boom and blossom. 
So yeah. I want him to be noticed. So that's why I had him on the Axe cast. Few international people to help build my momentum and just to help banter and chat in general. There's no reason why I don't learn. I mean, I had the privilege of sitting there with DDP and Dowie James just to shoot shit for a few hours anyway. Exactly. Hands paid 15 bucks for a question. We got to just shoot shit about how beneficial DDP is. Um, stories from who is the real people's champion versus The Rock versus him. Um, little things like that. I'd never know otherwise. So it's helped create opportunities for myself and it's just another way I can help brand myself, create my following, create my st- um, stories that are being shared around the world, get people to know who I am about and who my friends are at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's a love for podcasting too because I'm sure you can agree that we all love podcasting. Spot on. It's just a way of expressing yourself. It's another out form. It's another platform um, where I'm sharing my stories. Um, That's all it comes down to. Absolutely. We're almost out of time sort of thing. (laughs) How far are we on? (laughs) Uh, Just over an hour sort of thing. Jeez, we've gone a lot longer than I thought we would. That's right. The last couple ones. Career highlights. Because you're 22, 23? 22. Oh, yeah, um, I mean you've done a lot in those yeah. couple of years of been wrestling. So what's I've got nothing else going for me really? So, um, <laughs> it's wrestling in oh, its gym. As depressing as it is, yeah, no. Nah. Like even gym, I've never done bodybuilding contest, <laughs> and like I've just got retard strength in like waterboy strength. So like, um, <laughs> if I'm in there, I'll flapjack someone. Doesn't matter who it is. Boom, I can powerbomb them. I've never not got someone up there. But like deadlift, I'm like, ugh. 100, 200 kilos, all right. I see Matt Diamond from like Sydney. Boom, 270 kilos for like 10. I'm like, Jesus. Oh my God. But like, I go to the gym, I'm like, I can barely lift big weight. And then I'll go in the ring. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm in the zone, throw someone. Like, I just do it. I don't know how. I just do it. I guess it's a, uh, I guess adrenaline rush yeah, sort of thing. I guess so. But like, I should be able to get adrenaline in the gym. It doesn't work. <laughs> so, um, I know, Cree Highlights is a classic. Like, I've got a pair of Zubas from Japan where I got given them. I wrestled in Corrigan Hall. Um, I've understood the English style. I wrestled John Moss. Um, I got to work with the internationals. There's my favorite wrestler of all time, Nigel McGuinness. I've never met him. He's on my bucket list to meet. One of my other favorite wrestlers who people don't rate high enough is Roderick Strong. I want to wrestle him at some point. Um, I've got acceptance by a lot of my peers. Even Will Ospreay, I got to train with him um, a few times before the show started. Like, we were just fucking around, did a couple uh, head scissors. But we did, like, six head scissors rotations and everything else. Um, we talked um, every few days and everything else through B, um, the New Zealand chick, as me and B are real good mates. Um, I don't know, just getting into wrestling, helping people um, develop themselves a bit more in that care and compassion-based sense. There's no real highlights I can list. I don't reckon I've had anything yet. I mean, going coast to coast, covering my own cost um, by traveling internationally um, and traveling abroad state to state is a highlight for me. It means I'm getting, I'm breaking even now so I can do what I love and break even. The next step is to slowly make it into a... Um, a revenue slowly turn it over to a profit then tell my full time job just to fuck off so that I can be a pro wrestler full time exactly that's I what mean, we all want <laughs> people slowly transition into it I mean it's not something you can do overnight where it's like okay cool I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to ask the promoter for 500 bucks a match because I'm worth it no you got to slowly work your way up there so I believe that I'm doing the right things and I'm taking the right steps to get there all good all good what does the future hold for the axe I think I touched it on that earlier. We did. Yeah. Well, I guess, have you looked into, I guess, teaching a bit more, perhaps? Uh, I love it. Because, I mean, you mentioned you, know, you do seminars and stuff. Have you thought about maybe... I guess, if MCW opened at school, which 
is a real is a possible a strong possibility, right? MCW could open a school with the best wrestlers they have in the country and the international guests they get. I'm more than happy to go down there, help with beginning classes to help them get the strong fundamentals, um, or even advanced stuff from there. Um, whether I do something myself, absolutely not. Um, I watch I enjoy people's development and their personal and professional growth, but I don't think there's enough people out there that are humble enough to take feedback on board. And it's like when people become managers at a young age, even though they have the accreditations and they have the know-how, a lot of older people don't want to listen because they think they know better otherwise. That's it. But if they've been doing something for 10 years and haven't made much money of professional wrestling or they're injured or they're beat up and like on the weekend I had um, a tag match at OCW and I had a six-man scramble match in Perth, the only bump I took was a DDT where that's basically, I basically did a handstand anyway, right? So yeah. if I did two matches in two different states uh, with multiple guys in the match and only took one bump, I'm doing something right and I'm going to have a longer career for that. So if I've got knowledge to share, more than happy to. I'm happy to help anyone that wants to help themselves. Ambition is the greatest turn-on quality a person can have um, and complacency, the complete polar opposite of ambition, is the killer on that point. Yeah, because yeah, we'd, we'd love to get back into it. Yeah, but we, it's just we we tried, then just you know, everything fell through, sort of thing. And we've been trying to find another school to go to, but it's kind of hard to find a like good school where it's well, obviously because it's cl- where it's closer. Yeah, um, like Mitch's pursuit is definitely top of the list, but need a bit more money's coming in. And the, there's a couple, there's a couple schools that we've looked at, but the problem is it's like you know financially it's hard to get into it and. Um, not to mention the traveling as well, which we're we're not a, not afraid of traveling to different pla- different places like like and George Shields. There's Shillers no reason why like you can't do say I'm going to save up, say fuck it, I'm going to go abroad, do landstorms for three months, or go yeah. say go say do England for three months because then I can just drill myself every day with the fundamentals, and I'm not going to be killed with fitness, or I will be to a degree, but I've thrown myself in the deep end by going abroad that much. Yeah. I can't back out. So you can get a bit of a kickstart there in the sense of a person would do a pre-apprenticeship before an apprenticeship. Absolutely. Or a person uh, would do an internship uh, before they enter the workforce. So they get yeah. that industry-related experience. So there's no reason why you can't do that. So you're throwing yourself in the deep end, too deep to back out. There's no reason why that possibility isn't real. Yeah. See, yeah, I didn't think of that. Because we were just like, oh, got to start in Australia sort of thing. Never thought... You can. But get off over there. Because we uh, I think we were, we were looking at... Uh, Oh, when did when it got? Oh, I'm trying to think when it got released. Those online lessons that our uh, Sexton's done. Yep. We're gonna get that, have a start on that sort of thing. But I mean, hey, Canada, why not? Yeah, why not? make a trip out of it. Your family in Canada, why not? I what about this school? I mean, Ryan Rollins, Kellyanne, um, who else is there? KC, um, Tanil, um, now known as Emma, Carlo Cannon, um, Alberta, Canada. They went there. Or you go to All-Star Wrestling where there's um, Dean Allmark, there's constant rotation full of trainers and everything else. I mean, Drew Galloway was once champion there. Fit Finley was champion there. William Regal. They're the longest reigning uh, professional wrestling company in the UK. Um, they've been going for ages where they have shows most days and they've got a training centre and everything else. They've mm. got a holiday house so they can put people up. Like, the possibilities are there if you look for them. Um, in the same sense of people used to think that you can only make a full-time living out of WWE... 
South, South America, there's that, uh, one of the biggest wrestling promotions down there. There's Mexico, there's Japan, there's the independence if you get enough of a name value to do that. And you can hustle enough to get by by selling t-shirts, by selling seminars, by doing functions, meeting greets, and everything you can to put food on the table. You hustle, you hustle hard enough, you're going to make it happen if you want it. There's one, per- there's one person that comes to mind with that um, who's not necessarily working for a big... Pr- well, I think he is now, but Colker Banner is a perfect example of that. Yeah, and like he was one of the guys behind uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. From, what, from what I remember, yeah. He's, he was one of the guys that was behind that. And I've I've met Cole before, and he, he sells sh- uh, no, he sells he sells shit he sells his stuff, you know. Yeah, he has to make sure he moves stuff, otherwise he can't put food on the table. Now, what's not to say that Pro Wrestling Tees kicks off so strong where he can retire at age fifty, exactly retire at age forty five because he's pushing it these days. He's no longer a twenty year old guy that's in Ring of Honor in overalls anymore. Like he's got to think corporate, think long term. Exactly. Yeah. That, so where can the wonderful podcast people see Joshua in action. Well, on Instagram, it's at you can't stop the axe. On Twitter, it's at Joshua. Uh, it's at Joshua Shooter because I don't know how to change my Twitter handle. <laughs> on Facebook, just simple as shooting. Uh, just simple as searching uh, Josh Shooter. On iTunes, it's Axcast. So A X E C A S T. What other social media outlets are there? That's about it for now. Um, pretty much, I've had most dates filled for the rest of the year anyway, and most of the year. Hey, what date is it? I mean, I've got Platinum on the 3rd and the 4th. Um, on the 4th, I'm going to have Leon Knights. Um, and on the 3rd, uh, fuck it, whatever. On the 3rd, I'm going to be wrestling the NHPW Art of Fighting Champion, um, Aaron O'Malley. Melly, I don't know. He looks like a poor man's Conor McGregor, right? <laughs> Irish as well. Um, then I've got MCW, which I've got no idea what I've got. Um, management have told me I've got a match and either way I'm going to be there and then I've got new boots knee pads if you're speaking to digital beer photography he's been my creative genius yes. he's coming up with a new character anyway we have so, heard about this boom whole new gear and everything else I'll be there with a new look and everything else at OCW um, the House of Hardcore big show I th- I'm hoping I've got a match because otherwise I'm going to have all this new gear for nothing so I'm going to be making a, k- a scene otherwise hire Josh Shooter uh, <laughs> hashtag hire Shooter hashtag hire Shooter hashtag beers for Burr Warzone on the 30th I don't know if I'm going to be there or not um, I'm going to speak to management soon um, tell them my fee tell them my quote and everything else make sure business happens but besides that um, just pretty much catch me at uh, catch me at OCW and MCW, guaranteed. Um, they're my two. They're my two bays. I want to return to Riot City Wrestling. You listen up, Booker Man. I'm speaking to you, Booker Man. Book me <laughs> on Riot City Wrestling because I miss them. They're great. They're like a family. Plus, I want to catch up with Grim because he's such a top dog. Demi yeah. Bennett, Brad. Ugh, what a shit bloke. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, who else is there? Mimic, he's a cool dude. It's changed. They've got their own roster now, their own rookies, their own house show, new gym, new weights that need to be clanging and banging around. So that's why I want to come back over. Tell us um, when you head over there because we're probably going to road trip. Let's road trip it. Because <laughs> I'm looking at my right dates are free for RCW on October 22nd. <laughs> I have that day free. We have been planning to road trip to Adelaide for a while because he's, he's obviously got mates over in Adelaide um, a few bands that he's played with. And let's and get stuff. digital beer photography in there as well. Yeah, that would be it. heaps fun. And plus, <laughs> I could probably get him on the show. Shit <laughs> on a road trip like that, just ask, ask for that'd be interesting. Just that'd be record good. it because I'm going to try because <laughs> I've actually got a DVD in the works because I did a Ooh. match in um, IPW New Zealand in 
Perth now in AAWA in Queensland. I'm going to try and wrestle for Newey Pro later on this year. And then I think there's only really Adelaide left, and that's pretty much once in every state. And then I'll fill it with a bunch of uh, videos from down here. And I'm going to try and make a 2016 Josh vs. The World in Australia. Fantastic. Um, one of each state, pretty much, and a few from Melbourne. A bit of an interview, something like this, right? Yeah. As well as like a bit of a road trip journey. So if we could do the um, Riot City Wrestling thing, heaps rad. We could fill it with some extra footage, the bonus content. Uh, fucking, I'll sign it. I'll send an eight by ten. Everything else, I've sold briefs. I'll send you a pair of socks if you're going to be a creepy fan like that. But besides that, no, I'm just like floating about. I have no social life. I play video games. I go to the gym, and then I wrestle on my weekends. Anyway, so that's me. Go. Done. Sounds there you like have life. it. We've had Josh Shooter on the podcast. This is this has been a uh, one in the making that we've been trying to get done. Yeah, for thank a while. you very much, Josh, for coming on. Easy. Well, I will catch you on the flip side. <gasps> you would steal my ending. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gimmick infringement, mate. <laughs> oh, seriously. All right, so I guess thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can follow us at Twitter or on Twitter at the DNT Podcast, on Facebook by the same name, Instagram with the same name too. I've been Gavin. I have been Jesse. And we will see you on the flip side.